here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.1 FM in Johannesburg. Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. Well, um, we are going to be speaking about rediscovering the heart of a boy to a man. We are speaking to Sylvester Mashilo, founder of the Sylvester Mashilo Foundation. Um, th- their ethos is around, uh, um, you know, deepen dialogue and introspection on topics uh, that are for men, you know, facing their identity crisis, uh, facing issues that the world throws at them. But not only that, it's also for uh, a network support program for single mothers as well and men who have left them to do the job all by themselves. And I said at the beginning of the show that this is very important, um, especially in this month, Women's Month. There is no man that was um, born without a woman. So we are all intertwined one way or another. As much as we are going to hail the woman, we're going to celebrate the woman, we're going to celebrate the great strides of 1956 at the 9th of August, we also need to remember the man. We need to remember and rediscover him, his heart, his mind, um, and, and, and how we can support him so that we can see the end of a lot of devastating things such as gender-based violence in our society that, um, you know, we will say majority of the time and it's it's a generalization but are perpetuated by by men but it, it it doesn't start there clearly there's something else that we need to rediscover and that's why we're speaking to Sylvester Mashilo a teamers please interact with this one and make sure you send your messages soon not when the conversation is about to end okay on 0117142006 or whatsapp 0614104107 Welcome, Sylvester. Always a great pleasure having you on the show. It's not the first time we're talking. Yes, Pat. Thank you so much and great show that you've had thus far. So for those who are asking themselves, um, what do you do at the Sylvester Mashilo Foundation? I'm the managing director and founder. And what we do as a foundation uh, is that we uh, primarily, we are focusing on addressing gender-based violence, but from a preventative uh, point of view. And, and therefore, our flagship program is a boys' mentorship program because we have to raise them better. For the outcomes that a society would like to see, we have to take uh, the responsibility to forward invest in what we want to see. So that's, that's really, in essence, what we, we do. Uh, our vision is to promote a non-violent South Africa, uh, non-violent in all forms of violence, with a particular focus, at least for the next couple of years, on gender-based violence and femicide. And it's, it's very, very important that uh, we as society all pull in one direction to ensure that um, we eradicate you know, violence in South Africa. So w- why is it so important for us to rediscover the heart of a boy to a man? Um, does that mean that we have lost touch with the heart of a boy to mm. a man? Mm. Does that mean mm. that we don't know? That's why we have to rediscover? Where did mm. we lose it? Yep, we... We absolutely have lost it. If you look at the society that we currently live in, uh, a society where by the age of 18, 61% of children do not have an active biological father, a society where we have over 40,000 rapes a year, 
a society where every three hours a woman is murdered in South Africa, a society where the majority of young women who are infected with HIV and AIDS are infected uh, you know, by men who are much older than them, uh, the phenomenon of a blesser, uh, you, know, uh, you know, type of culture. So we absolutely have lost it from the sense that if you look at the role that men are meant to play, uh, and, and I say are meant to play, and I'll qualify that later on what I mean by that, their absence inflicts a wound in the lives of our boy children. They grow up to be boys who uh, really have not had the affirmation that a father should be giving a boy a child, uh, the affirmation around identity. And therefore, we see it manifest in ways where young men do not know how to process things, do not know how to have an intellectual conversation without resorting to the default, which is, well, I am more muscular than you, I am more physically powerful than you, and therefore, if a conversation does not go my way or things don't go my way, then I resort to fear. Uh, you know, so we, we have lost it, but we have an opportunity to make sure that we almost, I want to use the word initiate the boy child. What does it mean to be a man? We almost have to redefine it. What does it mean to be a man? Does it mean being somebody who does not talk about their feelings? Does it mean that you are not vulnerable? Does it mean that you don't have any fears? Does it mean that if you are unable to provide materially and physically, you are less of a man? So that's the conversation that needs to be had, but beyond the conversation, that's the work that needs to, to happen. So, Sylvester, you know, I'm glad that we're having this conversation with a man. And I'm sure you didn't start your foundation because you've had a rosy life. Perhaps <laughs> tell us and, mm. and open up to us as A-teamers mm. as to mm. what were your experiences that brought you to a place where you had to remind the world through your foundation mm. that mm. the heart of a boy to a man mm. needs to be rediscovered. You know, there's a, there's a late friend of mine who once said some of us are the examples for others, and he couldn't have said it any better. Uh, I, I am a man who, at one point in my life, uh, I was trash. I am a man who, at one point in my life, I was part of the problem. Uh, but I wait a minute. Up. Don't don't yeah. rush through it. What do you mean mm -hmm. you were a man that was trash? You were part of the problem. Please share with us. Be open yeah. with us. <laughs> Maybe let me start before I go to to the tail of it. Let me start from the head, uh, or or maybe the other way around. Uh, so I I grew up uh, for the first part of my life as a young boy without a father. Uh, I didn't know what it meant to be a father. At a point when I then had a father in my life and I was told that this is your father, you didn't know him because uh, he and I were not married, uh, didn't seem odd, you trust the, you know, the, the adults in your life and so on. And this man who was meant to fill a void, because already there was a void as a, as a seven, eight-year-old boy, instead of being the father that I expected him to be, uh, he abused me in uh, the most uh, gruesome of ways. Uh, and instead of me becoming uh, a young man full of confidence, uh, who is, has been esteemed, I, he created a monster. 
I always say that he didn't show me the right example of what it means to be a man. He didn't show me the right example of what it means to be a father. He certainly did not show me the right example of what it means to be a husband. So I've had to learn all of it myself. And you know, some of the demons that you try to run away from, you know no better because your socialization is exactly what you have you know, grown up seeing, hearing, experiencing, and so on. So I, I then, uh, you know, fast forward at the age of 31, I find out that this man is actually not my biological father. Mm. As you can imagine, Pat, I, uh, I was in the wilderness, I was confused, I was ahead. I felt betrayed by my mother, who was my best friend. Uh, but what had happened is that I grew up empty. Uh, I grew up empty, I grew up angry, uh, lack of, you know, confidence, uh, particularly in a social setting. I, I sort of uh, overdid things and uh, almost overcompensated in other things, but generally I didn't have, you know, the confidence that I believed that a father would have offended in me. And I married at a young age of 24 for all the wrong reasons, but not to the wrong woman, but for all the wrong reasons. I wanted somebody that would fulfill me. And you can't ask for another human being to fulfill you. If you are empty, uh, you've, you've got to do something else and expect another human being to, to do that. So that which I thought would complete me made me very sad. You know, as often marriages can be, you know, can be difficult uh, because you are getting to know each other. You grew up in two different home settings uh, and, and so on and so forth. And I then tend to a life of promiscuity. So that's the trash. Uh, I was very unfaithful in my marriage uh, for the full 10 years, uh, you know, the first 10 years of my marriage. Uh, you know, I had made a, I had made a declaration that I will be everything that my my then father, uh, at least I knew him as my father then, that I'd be the opposite of what he was. Uh, I would never lift a hand to a woman, but I once did. I once lifted a hand to my wife. And, and I guess it's those experiences to realize that I did it because I felt less of a man. It had nothing to do with, hey, she had done nothing wrong, but I was overcompensating. And because I knew what I was doing outside of my marriage, uh, I had a lot of guilt, uh, a lot of defensive mechanisms uh, that I brought into the home uh, to try and camouflage what I was, I was doing. Uh, then in 2015, I found out, as I said, that this man is not my father. And fast forward, uh, 2019, I then learned from my mother that I was actually born from rape. Uh, so when, when I do the work that I do, it is based on personal experience, very deep traumatic personal experiences that, thanks to God, I have overcome, but also to realize that I could go back in my life and say, I know where it went wrong. It went wrong at the age of eight. And if I can help another boy out there, another man, to be able to process things much better than I did, then that's exactly what I've signed up for. So I do not make myself vulnerable uh, for no particular reason except that I can be the example for others. You are really speaking from experience, and I think your experience is touching all of us here in the studio. Um, I've even got a lump in my throat. So 
there's a question here from one of our A-team listeners who's asking, what's the difference between a heart of a boy and a heart of a man? And and, and I think it's, it's, it's going to make sense for us to understand mm. because you were scarred from mm. a boy into your teenagehood, into mm. adulthood, and mm. then you in turn scarred others. But for me as a woman or a man who's listening right now, what is the difference? Not much of a difference. Let me, and let me say why I say not much of a difference. Think of, uh, you know, a couple of boys, age of 10, 12, etc., and you find them on a street corner on a typical day. Uh, they're not at school and so on. What are you likely to find? You are likely to find them playing soccer. You are likely to find them climbing over things. You are likely to find them imitating, you know, karate moves and, uh, you know, they're playing superhero and so on. Uh, they're playing with toy cars and so on. They are very adventurous. Uh, you know, I know when I buy toys for my kids, they always want to know what makes this thing run, what makes this thing move. And here's what happens. Uh, because of the culture of, you know, toxic masculinity and so on, here's what has happened over time. And sometimes... Uh, sort of, uh, you know, subconsciously to us. That wild and adventurous spirit that boys have, society almost wants to suppress that. Because look at children in school. I know my boys don't sit still much. But I know when I look at, uh, you know, girls their own age and so on, they're a lot more reserved, a lot more, you know, they, they are together. And there's nothing wrong with that. They just don't have the same spirit. Nothing wrong with that. But if you look at the schooling system, what the schooling system then does is they then prescribe, uh, you know, medication for these kids because they say they are hyperactive, uh, they can't sit still, they can't concentrate and so on. And once again, personal experience because my boys have, you know, have one point to another experience that. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with these boys. The only thing is the schooling system in this particular case does not know how to handle a boy child who's different from a girl child. And therefore, boys grow up thinking that there's something wrong with them, that them being themselves is not okay. They have to become something else. And of course, society does not help. You know, what they consume uh, in popular media and so on does not help. And the message that almost gets hammered is you are not good enough, there's something wrong with you, there's something lacking, and so on. The reason why I say the heart of that boy to a man is not different is that what we then do is kill that spirit because we then put them in a certain box. If you are a boy, you are this way. If you are a girl, you are this way. And... Therefore, because of toxic masculinity, we almost want to suppress the masculinity. Because there's healthy and there's toxic masculinity. Society almost wants to suppress that masculinity. And instead, we almost want that wild, adventurous spirit, that wild heart to be something feminine. Boys just grow up as young men, as older men, to now just have bigger toys to play with. But look at typically what men who have a healthy masculinity about them generally do to spend their time. They go fishing, they go biking, 
they go bungee jumping and so on. And I'm not saying women don't do that. I'm just here talking about a man. So it's not different. However, if we want to make sure that these boys stay intact, and I would almost say unblemished, we then have to be very intentional about how we are raising them up. You find a society currently that offends the girl child. We've got a various programs for girl children and so on, which is fantastic. It's necessary for transformation of our society. But then you leave people behind. You leave Mandla behind. But guess what? Mandla is the one that's going to marry Mbali one of these days, likely. Then you have an offend Mbali who knows who she is. Then you've got people who does not know who he is. And what does people see? People see Mbali who wants to disrespect him as a man, who wants to demasculate him, uh, who does not see him as a man, almost like there's something wrong with his manhood. So, so for us is to be very intentional about how we raise these boys so that they can be the kind of men that I, 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 I often say that society can be able to say we are safe and we feel safe. Not only are we safe, we feel safe. Mm. What was your turning point? <laughs> and, I, and, and, and there's yeah. going to be a question, mm. a question after mm. this that will make you understand why I'm asking this. But what yeah. was your turning yeah. point? Yeah, and, and you know, that's a very good question because there was a turning point. And for me, it is the tragedy of saying that the next man does not have to have the type of turning point that I have. Because, uh, you know, laws of averages, chances are not many will make it past the stage that I found myself at. So in 2019, uh, around about June, so I had, I had become a consultant. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I had made some good money and put power, money is a form of power, in the wrong hands of a man who does not know himself who is confused, who is looking for affirmation in all the wrong places. And my, my advice was women, um, particularly young women. And I used my wealth uh, to really be that toxic man, uh, to be trash, uh, to use my money, to use my extensive networks and my influence, uh, to, to be very impassionate uh, to these young women. And I, I then had an affair with the wrong one. <laughs> if ever there's, a, there's something called the wrong one, uh, and I don't take it lightly. I had an affair with this person, and the relationship then turned sour. The person was married, just as I was, and she then found out that besides her, there were other women that I was uh, seeing and so on, and she felt, well, it means I wasn't special enough. And they say hell has no fury than a woman scorned. And, you know, during pillow talk, you told her about uh, who are the people you don't quite get along with in the company that you're doing work and so on. And she used that against me. Spoke to those people and they said, we, we've got him. We've, we've been wanting him. He's senior to you. You are junior. So she filed a fictitious grievance against me. Uh, and I lost the multi-million rent contract. I went into deep depression. Uh, I planned my suicide. A few hours uh, from my suicide, 
Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Konji, why are you committing suicide? And I began to go through the reason. And the real reason I didn't, I wanted to commit suicide was because I didn't want my wife to find out. I had done so well in hiding, uh, you know, the multiple affairs, the double life, the double dealings and so on. And immediately, Holy Spirit said, I'm going to give you a second chance at life, but you're going to start on a clean slate and you're going to tell her the truth. And I immediately told her the truth and her response uh, to this day sort of flawed me. Uh, she said, you know, besides your infidelity, you're a good man. Wow. And if you are willing to make it work, then I'm willing to make it work. Uh, wow, so, what a so turning I, My point. hand was forced. What a beautiful turning point. So give us some pointers then. How do we rediscover the heart of a boy to a man? How do we become those women like your wife who will look beyond your flaws and look at who you are, who will look beyond your weaknesses and, and, and see who you really are? How do we do that? I think it starts first with the person who has done wrong, uh, you know, uh, have you now made the decision? Because you have to make the, the decision, uh, and it's not going to be easy. Have you made the decision to turn away from that life, whatever that life was, uh, and to understand that you will have trials, uh, you may relapse, you may fall, uh, you keep trying, and you are sincere about wanting to change and truly transform and not just change. Uh, it takes a special human being to look beyond all of that. As you can understand from my story, there, there was a lot of brokenness uh, from the onset. And for me, if I look at society as a whole, I will say that there are a number of systemic interventions that we need to make in our society. And that's why our focus, besides the fact that we spend a lot of time in conversations with men, because we can't write them off, our focus is more on the boy child because it's much easier to raise them well than to try and fix or heal a broken man. So ours is to raise them better. We have a society, we have a fatherless generation. We need to change that. And we need to change it with these boys. So our boys on our flagship program are between the ages of 8 to 16. We need to change it with them because they, they are entering a stage where they have many questions, you know. Uh, am I going to make the decision to drink or not? Am I going to make the decision to smoke or not? Will I join a gang or not? Will I have sex at an early age or not? And so on and so forth. We need to start with them because if we raise them better, then we would have done a good job for them. It just so happens that society will benefit from their heart. Sure. Raise them better. Raise them better. Make sure that we do better. Now for the man. How do we discover the heart of a man? Especially, you know, it's easier to rediscover a heart of a man who's open, like you said, who's open to, to admit their own faults. But a man who is still in the mind frame of uh, being the victim of circumstances and then being a perpetrator because he's so engulfed in being a victim of uh, circumstances, how do, we, how do we reach out to him and touch him? And, and I'm going to ask you, please, Sylvester, to keep your response as short as possible, but precise, because I need to go to the news. I'll be deep and brief. What I would say is that as, as the other men in these men's lives, we have to do it without blame and judgment. We have to be able to say, 
I'm here for you, brother. Talk to me. Uh, it's a safe space that we have created for men to be able to be vulnerable, but also to understand that I, I can never force another man to be where I'm at today. It, it didn't happen overnight, and therefore we have to be understanding and patient, and that's why we have to do it without blame and judgment. So I always say that my door is always open for any man, for any boy, but the decision starts with that man. Uh, to want to be different, to want to be better. And you cannot, what you can't acknowledge is broken. Uh, you know, so, so that really is my view on how we can rediscover that heart. It's never too late. Never too late. Thank you so very much, Sylvester. So Atima here says, touching and moving words from Sylvester. How can we get in touch or in contact with him for further engagement? Please give us contact details for the Sylvester Mashilo Foundation. Okay, my number zero seven nine four zero six nine four nine four. My email address author at sylvestermashilo.co.za. Our website sylvestermashilo.co.za. On all social media platforms, Sylvester Mashilo Foundation. Excellent. Thank you so very much for sharing with us. Looking forward to engaging with you a bit more here on uh, late night conversations. Thank you, Pat, and stay blessed. Thank you so much. Eighteen it's officially 11 o'clock. Uh, we are going to go to Greg Rose with the news. Uh, as I said, something special for you, something different, something new in our clairvoyant medium uh, Mondays. Uh, we are going to be doing dream readings. And um, yeah, I'll let you know who's be doing them straight after the news. Good evening, Greg.